your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. But I don't think we should. Oh, well, yes. No, 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 I'm asking you. Oh, I don't care how loud you are. Kids. If you're going to start screaming? I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You gotta remember, I record this in the basement of an empty house. I'm allowed to scream bloody murder. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have. We have really? multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a fun way to read something. Mm-hmm. There are some words like... Just to make a scream sound the way, sound the right way, I've actually gotten up from the couch, ran across the room howling, you just, like, just bust so out I like could a... hear what it sounds like, because it sounds like someone's screaming down a corridor, you know? Bust out like a random, like, Wilhelm scream? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, what was, the, what was the, um, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about? Have you seen the, the pictures for the new Halloween. No, Danny Jamie, McBride doing it? With Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. No, I haven't. It's surreal. Yeah? How they've managed to capture her from what looks like... You know, it's it's almost like... It's, for anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. know, it's Season of the Witch Never Happened. This is what a third okay. movie would have been. Okay. And... It's just, it's picking up right where that second one left off. Like, like Lori is older. She has a job. Like, she, Are they doing she her has in children. Like a, a, oh, okay. Um, well, she has older kids. Um, but, you know, like, she just looks like... They found a way to give her hair the same frizz. It's very funny. <laughs> it's very funny. I'll say okay. that. I'll say that much. But uh, you should definitely check that out. What do you think that that... How do you... Do you have expect? Do you have expectations? She she can make. She is so good at doing. Uh, she's the reason I watched sure. Scream Queens. Yeah, I mean she I is. I don't know if she is so that. good at, at doing. Uh, that like horror movies are made for her. Like that's. Yeah. I mean she is. She's not the original Scream Queen. She is pretty close to being the original Scream Queen. Yeah. I mean she is. Sure. It's about as good as you're gonna get. And she has. She has uh, immense star value that she's going to bring to it as well, and and she has the history of the franchise. It's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great re- mm-hmm. way to uh, reboot it into a way that pays homage to the originals I'm much more thinking, than. I'm thinking if this if this finally works, maybe we'll get that Alien Five we always wanted. You know, I can't imagine you're going to get where where it's where it's imagined three never happened and it's picking up where two left off. I, oh, you know, uh, Neil Blomkamp has been wanting to do that for a while. So if they do it, if they do it with Halloween, with a hard R, and, and, bring and, back and, alien it makes, movies? and it makes enough money, maybe someone somewhere says, hey, maybe we should revisit that script that that young up-and-comer really wanted to There's do. There's no way that that's going to happen with the Prometheus movies going on. No, that's the thing with the Disney acquisition. That oh, stuff true. might that yeah, stuff might, might be dead. Yeah. That stuff might be dead. So, what would be a safe direction to take? I, them I can't in? imagine. But well, can, maybe yeah. a PG thirteen ish, the hardest they could get with it, of 
what an Alien 3 would be if it took place right, right after, like, they wake up in the tubes from 2, so okay. much older. Like, Michael Bane's there, Sigourney's there, you know, fan service, you know, it has So a, you're not getting it'll the, have uh, a It'll have a arm attachment. You're not getting Android Sigourney, you're getting back to... Uh, no, you're getting back to, like, human Sigourney. Newt. Yeah. They got, they got the... Yeah. They got everyone to sign back on. There's the same actress that played Newt. They got the same cat that played the cat. <laughs> that, that's a joke. That cat's probably that cat's probably dead. Yeah, probably dead. It's and, been like thirty years. Kids, the cat's probably and it's kids. Dead. And it's kids. Kids. Yeah. So um. See, I don't know, I don't, man. See, see, Neil. Like, I don't know. Did you know about that? Did no, you see I the concept? I didn't. No, I didn't. He wrote. He wrote the entire thing. He tried shopping it to Fox, and they were like, we'll see. Yeah. Because Ridley really wanted to do Prometheus. Oh. And uh, we got Prometheus instead. I, I don't see that. And that's because of Prometheus. I think it would have been better if they would have just went that direction. But because of Ridley yeah, Scott's I mean, star power. I think five years ago that then all exactly. of the actors just are five that, years uh, younger. Yeah, because of Prometheus. and uh, Now they're all getting really old. And it might be awkward to watch that kind of movie. I just don't think they're making like They didn't make enough money like off the last. Sure. That that's that's the big case. Just how much money oh, no, are he was making stuff like he that. was absolutely yeah. after Covenant. He yeah. was absolutely going to make two or three more yeah, movies. I, but money wise, I can't imagine them being like, all right, well, I let's think just put I, this back. Into I mean, this I've talked about it several other times on the podcast. I thought Covenant was garbage. Yeah. So he's just lost his writing ability. Like not not so much, but he's just lost his yeah, ability to, to write something interesting. I no, absolutely agree yeah. with you. But then he's also getting direction. From people like Kurtzman and Damon fucking Lindelof. You know, like people that didn't do a good enough job in the things they are known for. Yeah. Um, on how to write his things. And you yeah. know, like, if people had just let him do his shit, you know, we probably could have had something really organic and, you know, nostalgic. Not so much like trying to be alien anymore. Like something completely different and people just didn't go for it what did you what did you think he, of, uh, he originally wanted to make it like a paradise lost with aliens yeah. and wild. and with with the idea of barely touching on the xenomorph mm -hmm. he wanted to do like a trilogy of humans meeting alien gods like serpent dragon gods that like oversee the engineers like an entire fucking thing and then it didn't happen yeah and then we got Prometheus. And you got Prometheus. Welcome. Welcome to the big boys. Welcome to the... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that Prometheus sucked dick. It was. It compared was just, to what it, it just, needed to be. It was just boring. Like, there was just boring Absolutely. parts. That's it. You, you, that's there's kills only so much Fassbender you can give me before I look for something else yeah. in a movie. Yeah. He's a good actor and everything, but he's he for me, he's not enough to keep me attached to a movie. Even Covenant. Not a movie written moments. that yeah. vapid. Exactly. Yeah. Like, dead moments. Like You can't do that with a modern you can't do that in a modern cinematic age. I was just starting to moments. like Nomi Rapus yeah. by the end of Prometheus that I was like excited for another movie yeah. and she's just fucking dead dude <laughs> yeah. welcome to alien covenant she's yeah. fucking dead and guess what michael fassbender fucking experimented on her fucking corpse to help create xenomorphs yeah. 
Thank you, Ridley Scott. Anyway, we, um, we digress. Um, aliens and everything. What did, been, what did you think been... of, what did you think of the, the, the Blade Runner 2049? Fucking loved it. Isn't that amazing? Fucking amazing. Like, and that's also... They could have cut, ah. they could have cut a half an hour from that movie. Sure. And, and it would have done so much better in the But we, we talked, we, we talked about that before, like, I, I absolutely am such a fan of the, the Blade Runner world. Yeah, fuck yeah. That I wish, I wish Ridley Scott would have yeah. spent... Even a you know a tenth of a time, modicum of time that yeah. he did in the Alien franchise that he did with the because there's so it's just and I'm just and I'm just glad that, that someone else was like yeah. yeah no that's good like let's let's do that more there is homages they could, too they could keep making Blade Runner movies with different sure. with different people in no way shape or form related to Deckard but just in that universe and I would eat that shit up sure. I would never get sick of it but I. Only if it wasn't as frequent as like a Marvel movie or a no, Star Wars movie, you would need to do it like every five, five ten years. years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like give me a real fucking good one. Like yeah. really spend your Blow time, really spend your time building yep. it and and adding something to the universe because everything in that movie. Yep. Oh, they're such was, crazy. Was perfect. Oh, such homages. And I only like, say yeah. that you could cut a half hour out of it to, because it was close to three hours long and mm-hmm. and people. And people's no, biggest yeah. people's biggest complaint is that's just too long. I wouldn't say it's too long. I'd just say that not all of it was really yeah. important. No one has no story. one has the, the the attention span these days to put out like a saw like sure. They'll go into a movie theater and watch a three hour movie. I remember what was it? Oh fucking Dark Tower. Yeah. Dark Tower had a runtime of like eighty two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> How does here that movie is a, have an here's eight? a movie that yeah. needs a three hour fucking yeah. time span or like a one part two part for like gunslinger and maybe the first two books alone yeah oh like man. shit like you gave us you gave us like 78 minutes of bullshit that's it you're not gonna get did you no, see it no, did you oh even get God. around oh to no it? i absolutely have watched it there's there's no that's it that's gonna be the end of I remember sitting here. I remember sitting in this exact spot. Yeah. Not before the podcast. I remember, like, I came over to visit, and I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, I'm really optimistic about Dark Tower. I think you're going to be surprised by it. <laughs> and I just ate shit on all of that. It's, it's it was so bad. Not even... Uh, is it Idris or Idris? No, he wasn't Idris. close to self on that. He wasn't no. helping that at all. no. McConaughey was like barely redeemable, so hammed, so cheesed. They, they just—it's such a. The, it's so hard that people go for cheese when they when they make something Stephen King related. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't understand. So many they, people go for cheese instead of just going for something it, compelling. It's like, written by it, your it's, material. It's written. I think that's what I. I think that's what I. What I've been trying to say to people is like. Movies that take themselves seriously just are better. Yeah. They and are. Dark Tower did not take itself seriously. No, it didn't try to. It, what, thing is, what is was... The thing is, like, he writes... What was I thinking about? Oh, the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh. The reason why those new... The, that new trilogy is because the movies... They take themselves seriously. Mm-hmm. They make you think, like... You know it's just CGI, but they look close enough and they sound accurate that, like... Yeah, there's emotion there. Yeah. That's happening. 
Yeah. And then you get Dark Tower. The thing is, like, it's just like the, and the thing about Stephen King is Stephen King actually writes action really well. Like he actually yeah. writes action really yeah. well. Yeah. So it's not like oh we have to make up action for this movie. He's extraordinarily like uh, he writes des- really detailed action parts, yeah. and like, he wants you to see what's going on. So it, really, you could have written the seven part. I mean, you could have written the seven part Dark Tower series, and you could have. Oh, been, well, apparently the TV show is still on though. Well, I thought I just want to erase that happening. movie. Just yeah. erase the movie and just start from. And just start a show. Start just start from the beginning. You know, and just what, there's the, what floored me yeah. is that the book does not start with anyone in a desert. <laughs> no one in a it's, desert. It's, it's literally like his most uh, like. Have you watched Preacher? No. Any of Preacher? I haven't. Did you like the books? Did you read any of the? I haven't comics? read the Preacher books either. You've never read Preacher. No. You really strike me as someone who would have who would have read. Yeah, no, I just haven't gotten a chance. Holy shit! And like, you're older than me. You have zero excuse. It was totally like you were you were prime age Not when that, that was coming yeah. out. When you were like thirteen, that shit was blowing up. Yeah, but I was also so, reading. I was reading like Sandman, and that's what like I mean. That. Like, yeah, that's, but, that's uh, probably yeah. even the same publisher. It probably is, but you know, you're getting the one thing, and you're you're. Getting the one thing and you're missing on other stuff, especially sure. Yeah, it's just sure. so hard to read. No, I just done an immense amount of yeah um, graphic novels, dude. You gotta at least watch the show then. Oh, well. uh, it, it does such a good job of capturing what what matters about the books. I'm, there are people that probably wouldn't agree with that opinion, but fuck them. Show it, the show is enjoyable. It does a mm-hmm. good enough job with the material, so it's just like you would you would so dig it. It's dark. And it's to the point, and it and it believes in itself. Okay. It knows it's a ridiculous premise. It's, okay. It's a two uh, a, a a demon and an angel have a baby, and it's like an antichrist. But in this universe, gods and like angels aren't really forms until they take the form of a human. Mm-hmm. So all that you see is like lights and like forms and mm-hmm. like energy, essentially. And it just goes like speeding past the planets, and I think it's like the sound of a baby crying. Like, essentially, this like antichrist spirit mm-hmm. escapes the gods and tries finding a human host, and just bounces from person to person okay. until it finds someone righteous enough to hold on to it. Okay. And they find an like an ex hitman preacher in the middle <laughs> of Texas living like okay. the worst life he's lived in years like he lost his girl his okay. best friend's a fucking vampire like the shit is nuts okay and the, sh- and the show does it so well who who is the guy who plays it uh the guy who plays Howard Stark that's in Captain thought. America yeah that's what Dominic yeah. uh yeah. is his name Dominic is it Dominic Cooper am I thinking of the right person no it's not Dominic Cooper I don't think it's Dominic Cooper I can look that up. <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? I can't think of that. Off my head. What's the, what's his actual name? Is I don't think it's Dominic Cooper though. Look up, uh, look up, uh, first Avenger. How we start? All the part comes Excuse, up. excuse this quick fact check on okay. this nerdgasm. Everyone, we got. Well, yeah, I guess it's about time we introduce. I've been sucking on this extract for a little bit. It's hard for me to focus. I um. <laughs> Straight from Colorado, premium. Yeah, I'm which with is legal. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> I'm here with Scutch McGee, and you know we're talking the talk and we're walking the walk. 
and this is uh, Slots Pasta. This is episode 78. This is your third episode? This is my third episode. I don't remember the second episode. Yeah, man. It's just you being scared of kids the entire yeah, time. Yeah, well, I am definitely scared of kids still. I'm still getting older and older. It. Oh. You passed it. I'm getting up there. Where's he at? It is Dominic Cooper. It is Cooper. Dominic Cooper, you motherfucker. It is Dominic Cooper. Yeah, I was right. Uh, he, he plays the preacher, and a guy from Misfits, if you liked Misfits, plays his um, his vampire best friend. And it's, uh, it's a very enjoyable series on AMC, and they really threw the budget at them, and it was... Is it from AMC? Yeah. Is it's, it? it's AMC, yeah. and it was brought by um, Seth Rogen and... Uh, I thought it was Evans for some reason, but... Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg okay. were, like... Producers and co-writers and shit. Is it Rogan in it? Does he pop into it? No. No? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Oh, it's it's great, man. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like, the... The, uh... The angels at one point send, like... A demon from hell after him. You know? And it's just this relentless cowboy gunslinger. And that's why I think I got off track. Because I thought of how good that looked. Mm -hmm. Him walking through the desert and, like... And that was on the fucking TV show. Yeah, you could do Gunslayer as a TV show. You should. Do that's Gunslinger what I mean. As a TV like I watched, show. I watched that segment, and that's a much older man. But I still thought, like, wow, if this guy was a less dick, he would be the perfect Roland. Because this guy's supposed to be the most evil, vile human ever. If you, if you take the the, the the Gunslinger, if you were to take, because people love action now, like people love that that big action scene, or but if you were to mm -hmm. take that that church scene. In Gunslinger, where he walked, the spoiler alert, but when he walks into that town and he decides that he needs to wipe in that, that there's a demonic church lady who was telling everybody, like, you need to take care of this guy, he's evil, and he just decides, like, I'm just going to, the only way I can get out of this is I have to kill every single person <laughs> in this entire town. And, you know, the movie tried doing, like, a wanted thing. Yeah, well, and what it needed was, like, the first Kingsman you know, the first Kingsman The, the, the movie. thing about, like, The Wanted... Or John Wick. Wanted... I don't know why. Have you ever read the, what The Wanted... Like, what The Wanted is based? Have you ever read that graphic novel? It's ridiculous. It is. The it's movie, The movie and... The movie and... The, the actual graphic novel are, are such complete opposites Very of each other. Very different things. Yeah. But the graphic novel is such a good premise. Sure. For a movie. It's just one of those things where people just... They get material, and I don't know why... I mean, I still enjoyed the movie, base yeah. base form, but like I don't associate it with the. the but it's, I would love this. Wouldn't you love to see? Absolutely, that that something even based off of that crazy shit. Yeah, even the colors. It would be very ultraviolet. For just villains, it's just basically just villains taking over the world. Where basically, yeah. villains have figured out how to kill superheroes, and they don't. There's no, you know magic way where superheroes get out of this situation or anything like that mm -hmm. basically just villains are just killing superheroes and they mm -hmm. figured it out and then it's just how do we make you could tell yeah. because it's you know miller's the same guy who wrote a uh, nemesis i'm pretty sure yeah yeah which where the fuck is that movie yeah i've been waiting for that movie joe carnahan i thought you guys were working on that already shouldn't be hard to get funding for here let me sell this to the studio you're the studio let me sell this to you nemesis Batman, but he's an asshole. <laughs> Alright, think. If Batman were an asshole, what would he do with his power? 
fuck everything up. Yeah. That's Nemesis. Yeah. Enjoy. Make a fucking movie. How easy and just great would that be? Sure. It's, it's like Deadpool, but not funny. And he has the money to afford jets and bombs and kidnapping the fucking president and shit. And he's just angry. He does so much shit and he barely says a word. Yeah. He's just angry. And, and, and you got a Liam Neeson chief of FBI guy hunting him. Yeah. Which I actually thought at one point that I heard Liam Neeson was signed on to, to, to be in Nemesis. And I was like, how isn't this movie made yet? There's no way. It's going to be, it's going to be in this. No way it's going to happen. It can't. I know. It needs know, like a mega R rating. Yeah. I mean, it's it like, some crazy what's shit. Gonna end up in, it's going to end up, if it ever comes out, you know, it's going to end up just being like straight animation style. Put out that way. I can't imagine they're going to see screen. Because especially with the job. Even I mean, if they reboot the Justice League stuff. Sure. Nemesis is such a crazy standalone thing in by its own. Oh, yeah. Let's if you were to just release a... DC and what they're doing. Oh, my God. You can't just release a random, like, random Batman movie and be like, here's this random Batman movie. It's not, it's not associated to any of the other That's stuff I mean. going on right now. But, yeah, let's let's release it. You want a movie about the Joker? No, it's not Jared Leto. It's, it's Leo. And... And he—it's not the Joker. And then, and then, it's such a weird reboot. Like, yeah. But anyway, here's a here's a Flashpoint movie starring Ben Affleck. Yeah, I actually see it. it, Thanks, DC. I actually like. I liked. I liked Man of Steel. I did too. Like, I thought that was a good movie. And and I have over time. Yeah. Found Batman versus Superman more tolerable. It's still very bad. Okay. But. I have found it not grown-worthy anymore. I could understand where it went wrong and why it did. Okay. And then I watched Justice League and I want to kill myself. See, the problem, and I think what, what really hurt DC is that DC was just so slow getting into... You don't think it's the Asian producers that have no idea what they're doing with the source material? No, I just think they're just so late getting into it that by the time that they had actually put out Man of Steel and and then Batman versus Superman things like that. Isn't that it ironic that the only Marvel was already into like their third? The only one that was given the time, oh. the space, and the air to breathe was Man of Steel. Okay. And as these and and watch yeah. like oh look it's the only one of them that stands on its own. Sure, and people hate Man of Steel, and people don't like it. So yes. that's saying something. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it is good. I do too. I think, I it think is it's good. one of the better. It's it's it makes Superman good. Mm-hmm. It makes Superman good to watch because they give him Dragon Ball Z powers. If you haven't seen Man of Steel, watch it. It's Superman Dragon Ball Z. Because Dragon Ball Z is the plot of it, Superman, it, just so you know. It's Superman with CGI it's done in a, a right way. He's like, just powered yeah. by the sun. Yeah, it's just it's a done the right word where it's CGI in a good way, where it actually looks good, and it's done Fuck in scale. Yeah. Being like they don't is, have uh, a fucked up CGI upper lip for no. no reason. It's done, and lots of things are done in scale. And uh, where you see just how the extent of uh, it's not done where we're like oh well look at this this is a little explosion that happens here and this is a little explosion that happens here it's like pan out watch this building just explode watch them rip and trains so many off people of the ground like, shit like that eh, the death the death toll so many people bitch it's a movie sure 
It's a movie. Let them smash buildings. This is why we can't have nice things. But wasn't that, this wasn't is that... why we can't have a Dragon Ball Z movie. Because people can't stand this shit. Wasn't that one of your biggest uh, points of why you didn't like Batman Superman? Because Batman was... Oh, Batman was just murking people outright. And I thought that was very against his character. It's not so much that he... I think he very much... There are several moments. And I, and I note them. Because the entire movie... Yeah. Batman vs. Superman is a pretty good movie up until an hour 45 in. It's exactly an hour 45 in. Yeah. Or no, it's an hour 25 in. Exactly an hour 25 in. Where they decide to inject the two dream sequences and then the entire movie changes. After that point... Okay. The entire movie gets just more and more ridiculous. Yeah. But there are moments... From that, you know, from the beginning of the movie onward, mm-hmm. no matter how ridiculous it gets, where Batman is given the option to just maybe not kill someone, mm-hmm. and takes the option to kill them every <laughs> time. Yeah, he does. His punches in that warehouse scene were not intended to maim; they were intended to fucking put someone down. But, but see, that that's what I. I thought that And was, that's why I liked it. That's why I liked it. I thought that's that why was I like, liked it. Yeah. But it is so not Batman. I mean, he's a great Bruce Wayne, I'll give him that much, but his Batman needed to be less kinetic and more thought out. See, I thought that was the best version of both. He's still up there in one of my more favorite Batman. I don't know where. See, I like I thought Ben Affleck makes a great Bruce Wayne. When he makes a great He's a Bruce fantastic Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I already said but that. But that, that was also the first Batman where this is the first Batman where like every single time you've ever saw Batman, like it's just gadgets, 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 body sure. armor, body armor. And this one's just a bamf. And this one is just, this is, this is the actual Batman. This is like comic Batman where like the boom, pow, crash. Like this is sure. that Batman. This is like jumps oh, I, into a room, yeah, kicks a crate at someone, punches someone else. This is, this is like slides that borderline, across the floor and yeah. throws a throwing star this at is someone. Meta human Batman, like the Captain America Batman. Sure. This is what that is, and this is what we've never gotten before. We've sure. never gotten that. Is this really a superhero? Is this a meta human? And this is the meta human Batman. All we've ever really gotten is I am this guy wearing a bulletproof vest that some guy always tries to punch right in the middle of my chest and always hurts his hand and I kick him or something like that or I shoot my mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some kind of well, grappling this, device well, at him this, and hang him off something this, and... this fa- the fabric that these are made out of it cannot catch a bullet but at least you can turn your neck <laughs> is that a Morgan Freeman? what? Now watch out for <laughs> dog dog bites. Watch out for them. They'll those dog bites will get you. They will. Are Just pl- like I used yeah. to tell the people. Are you planning on doing some spelunking, <laughs> Mr. Wayne? <laughs> You're going spelunking, Mr. Wayne. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. You're funny, motherfucker. I like when he says motherfucker and wanted. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that was a weird character. From now shoot period. these motherfuckers! I, I think he's. I don't know how they got. He had like an earring on. Well, you know, you watch watch Lucky Number Eleven. Oh. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> he plays pretty much the same character, except, street, like, more, street, except more righteous. Treat like like three gauge double gold earrings, and it's it's wild. 
Yeah, his, sure. his character is fits sure. pretty well. And, uh, shoot the fly. Or no, shoot, <laughs> shoot the wings. Shoot, shoot the, the wings. Shoot the balls off, off this yeah. man. Yeah. I am. I fucking love this show. Legion, I just yeah. rewatched it for yeah. probably the third time. That mm. show is so fucking good. Yeah. It's the only good thing the X Men series has ever done. You think so? You remember like you like the first couple X Men movies? Okay, that's not true. I love X Two. Okay. X Two is how you do a sequel. X Two has it's still like I always talk about it. which what's your favorite comic book part? X Two is the reason the movie Jumper happened <laughs> because X2 they was... saw how cool Nightcrawler was. X Two was the fr- yeah. X Two was the first time where. Uh... He, like accepted Hugh Jackman to be like oh, this guy can play. Oh yeah, because Wolverine. he digs his fucking claws into the. It was dude the first the time we. Yeah, the kitchen, no, I told you that's it's really my favorite part dude. of the entire. It might be my and favorite part of no the entire X Men series. And, it, and and you deal with it because yeah. Hugh just sells it so sure. hard. He's just sitting there screaming, just <sighs> screaming at a guy in just his face. Just his fucking face. Yeah, his fucking claws right This dude's dead. Yeah, it's just, like he's yeah. dying, oh, yeah. and the minute <laughs> yeah. the minute Logan lets him go, he's gonna, he's no gonna bleed out on the you, floor. You don't see his claws come to him, and, and then he just turns to the kid yeah. and he's like, "Let's go," <laughs> you know. <laughs> that was the, that was literally the minute where you're like, "This guy is fucking Wolverine." All right, let's yeah. go. Yeah, that was it. That was the moment where you're like, "This guy is Wolverine now." It wasn't. It, it was such a weird. It was so lucky how he got the yeah, part of Wolverine like, too. But yeah, but like the reason X two is good is because of Nightcrawler. <laughs> You think so? I think Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's true. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. True. That yeah. first scene hooks you into the entire movie. You are then developed to his character. Oh, yeah. Especially with the Mozart playing in the background. It's fantastic. Oh, he's fantastic. It's a f- such a good scene. Uh, it's the reason why the Quicksilver scene is so good. It's yeah. the only good scene in Days of Future oh, Past. And, oh, he's... And, it's, and, it's, and it's, a, it's, it's not as great in Apocalypse, but it is commendable. Yeah. Because you know it's a good scene in an otherwise shit movie. Evan Peters plays a great. He plays a great. He plays a great Quicksilver. He does. Um, And they did not. If he if he had an accent, Johnson just didn't get a chance to do anything with that character. No, and Johnson wasn't great either. It was such a and that's that's hard. And that's the. And apparently he might be back for Infinity War. Think so. Bring him back. Apparently it deals with time travel. I did not know that. So they might bring him back. Apparently, no, some, apparently, hands? apparently, if you it's either ones. it's either flashbacks, or you haven't seen any of those photos. No, I try. I don't like. I don't like this. You, you see, you like to delve in before. No, I really, out. I really don't delve I, though. They just, they just like on Reddit, it'll just trend, and I'll I be like, I don't like. I'll, I won't. Cap was stuff. wearing his Avengers yeah. one costume. Okay. Uh, Thor was wearing his Avengers one costume. Okay. Mjolnir was mm-hmm. back. It's weird. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's weird. There's, it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be something. I think something weird happens, and I think, and I think when the stones are most vulnerable, dead people are gonna come back to life and fuck with people. I just think that's just the way it's gonna go. I think it's gonna be what Justice League was trying to do and didn't do at all. But... I, by um, making by making an infighting happening in the, in the universe my, my, of the of the movies. My seven year old kid finished the uh, the Lego Avengers game yeah. today, and there's a there's a teaser for Thanos at the end of that. Yeah. And my, I'm trying to explain to my 
seven-year-old son who's Thanos is. He's like, oh, well, it's like the Hulk. I'm like, no, he's a lot stronger. He's like, well, no one's stronger than the Hulk, Dad. And I'm like, Thanos is a little bit stronger. Thanos is stronger. <laughs> so, welcome, like, to the, <laughs> welcome to the real world, son. Like, Thanos is stronger. To, like, uh, so I don't want to, like... You know, I mean, I'm trying not to, like... Uh, That's like, going to be a tough scene. I'm, I'm trying not to, like, slap him and be like, this is how this really is. Can like, I ruin something <laughs> else for you? Yeah. you? Can I ruin something for you? Apparently... See, you love this stuff. That's what I'm saying. Apparently, like, uh, Bruce is the one in the Hulkbuster. Is it really? Yeah. Bruce Banner. And at some point, he's going to get agitated enough to Hulk out of it. Hulk out of the Hulkbuster costume? <laughs> See, that's awesome. Like a fucking Super Saiyan that's or awesome. something. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Apparently, that's going to happen. Uh, not because of footage, just because people confirmed that he's in the costume. And then you see the same fight with the Outriders. You know how hard it was for me to watch, like, because this was, Ragnarok was supposed to be the, the movie that was supposed to be. Which was so Planet good. Hulk. Yeah. So good, by the way. But it was also supposed to be the quick, the really quick adaption of uh, Planet, Planet Hulk. Hulk. Absolutely. It's so hard for me not to watch, or watch a movie like that, and just notice, like, that siege, or, uh, that we have, like, Sentry, he's just not. Yeah. They just don't use him. No, you just cannot. He's just gone. You just cannot introduce powerful people he's too, like that. He's too OP. Yeah. With with the way they treat, and which is ironic because then they made Miss Marvel. No, no, no. Well, Miss Marvel. Well, I was gonna say yeah. they made Hella. Yeah. Super OP. Oh yeah. In Ragnarok, which Absolutely. is ironic. Yeah. Because you, someone like Sentry would actually be probably on equal footing with how OP she was in that movie. Since Sentry is. Uh... He he's he's definitely stronger. I'm just saying in the MCU. Like, we, at, like Sentry, I don't know like if, if uh, people know who Sentry is. Sentry was a uh, junkie. Yeah. He is a junkie that walks into a his medical lab. Is it multiple personality? He is a schizophrenic. Oh, it's schizophrenic. He is a schizophrenic, like Legion. Uh, agoraphobic, who yeah. walks into a medical lab looking for drugs. And just starts drinking random shit. Yeah, man. And becomes literally someone who controls. Uh, everything from, basically, they say that he has the ability of ten thousand suns. Yeah, man. he is. He is Superman. If Superman was about fifty times what Superman actually is, sure, he could literally just tear apart what Superman is. And he has this. It's kind of like Doctor Manhattan, Doctor Manhattan, but not like blue dick. Well, he has two personalities. He has yes. Yeah. He has his personality. The other one is a giant black hole. He has one where he just wants to sit in, in his living room and just watch stuff on TV and not get involved. And he has another one that is just, he has a, another personality that's called the Void. Yeah. That is probably one of the most powerful things in the history of Marvel Comics. It yeah. literally just tears apart why everything. I think, which is why I think that they yeah. can't introduce, because there's no way they introduce Sentry in a movie and they don't do Void. And it's hard yeah. for me to see them doing Void. But think of all the fun stuff you then you could do like your you could do your miles and you could do all kinds of fun stuff. Well, there's that animated movie coming out. Yeah, that looks pretty okay, right? I don't it's know what Sony's weird, doing. Such a weird the fucking Venom movie. Uh, do you want to talk God. about yeah, that? What's yeah. going on there? Confusion. Hey, people like Tom Murray, right? Yeah, all right. Yeah. Hey, people like Venom, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it is it connected to Spider Man? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. But no. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Where does it take place? Oh, Los Angeles. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything. Oh, no, it has nothing what? to do with anything. He doesn't, he doesn't go to the West Coast until... That's a straight cash grab. Oh, absolutely. That movie is nothing They were like, hey, cash people like Deadpool, yeah. right? Yeah. He, he cursed and had yeah. guns and killed people and yeah. 
Yeah. People like Spider-Man, right? I, I, I honestly, yeah. That's... If, yeah, so, if, if Marvel has any of uh, the Sony rights whatsoever, that never movie never had that. Venom doesn't happen like that. Whatsoever. Oh, absolutely, it doesn't happen. That's just Sony being like, "How much shit can we get money from before we just you know, monster you Disney know how, monster just you know how you do thing. just to yeah. wrap it back into the yeah. show? You know how you do a, a Venom movie? What's that? You make it like a horror Spider-Man sure, movie. Yeah. It's make a it horrible a, make character. Making a Spider-Man movie that. Do Venom That's, and Carnage. Exactly. I was going to say, just make it yeah, about you Carnage. Just do the Venom and Carnage. You do, you do it Venom versus Carnage. That's what you do. You do the, the yin and the yang between the two characters. You do Venom and it's it's more like straight-lined violence. And you do Carnage, which is just more like straight-lined chaos. And you just let them yeah, battle man. each other off and have a good time. Yeah, man. That's, that's the way you do it. But you, this is just a straight... This is just <laughs> different. Like, this is... How's he even like? How's like he Tom gonna... Hardy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's how he. <laughs> this is like this is gonna be that Spider Man three. Oh, fuck, Spider Man three. They're... I don't understand. I like... haven't thought about that in a long time. No, that's a horror movie, folks. <laughs> Spider Man three might be the worst superhero movie of all time. Nah, that Batman with Arnold Schwarzenegger and George Clooney is by far the worst. Think so? Oh, absolutely! I would put money on that. You think that's the worst? Superman that is movie so ever? much worse than Spider Man three. Yes, that's but I'm, true. I'm also not going to compare fucking Phantom to like. That's true. You can't. No, I will not. As, as far as major, to a blockbuster as far movie. as major movies, yes, million dollar movie. But there was there was also Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, Shaq. played. In, yeah. He played. Uh, oh, what the hell is that? Steel. Character? Yep, he played Steel. That was when the original Superman died, and they brought him back, and they brought him back in the four incarnations of the original God, Superman damn. after Doomsday, which is what you were supposed to get between. This and the uh, what you got at the Justice League movie, but instead you just got this like ridiculous Henry, who's just tearing into everything. He's just basically unstoppable. Yeah, yeah man. He wakes up out of the ghost. He's like, all right, well, what's going on, guys? And yeah, they're like, well, this guy is just really bad, and he's tearing everything up. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. And then Harry was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna like you know, just wreck shit. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> what are you? Like, all right. Yeah. I'm gonna blow this place up. Yeah, he just he just casually just so peaced the entire uh, first like two hours of the movie. Yeah, like it's just so you get this guy and Steppenwolf. I'm, Steppenwolf is just so strong compared to everybody else, and then I have to bring us back. To the, I have okay. to bring us back to the show. Right, we were yeah, talking yeah. so much about <laughs> comics. I'm, I I really appreciate this conversation, but I'm gonna have to cut a lot of it because it's just not relevant. Oh no no! <laughs> but no. but uh, we uh we love talking about just nerdy shit i get i get so roped up and just catching up on your opinion on on things anything stephen king to comic books to m- movies like uh on you know we're recording this the weekend of super bowl sunday mm-hmm. do you think we're gonna get a a solo trailer do you care about star wars at all i i do i don't think we're gonna get it might i think we're gonna get it we're gonna get a finny war trailer I think we're gonna get a big old like Infinity War trailer this weekend. Sure. I don't think we're gonna get a solo trailer this weekend. Tom Solo, you you don't think a multi-million dollar, billion dollar earning Disney franchise is gonna kick something out? Is not gonna have their fir- the movie's supposed to come out in like three months? No. What the fuck has the trailer been? We should have had one three months ago. I don't. You know what? 
That scares me. Ron Howard. That scares me. Man. Well, he was he was picking up puzzle pieces. When they when yeah, that always scares me when a movie doesn't start like throwing out like trailers. Like, the closer you get to a movie, like if you get that movie that just starts like throwing trailers out like two three weeks before a movie, it's, <laughs> it's always like a death sentence. You're like, oh man, something's wrong with this. We're but gonna... also like they could have just wrote one did, which is kind of film a, a you know a, a sizzle reel what you want in your movie. And sell that as the trailer, and then refilm it completely differently. Because well, that's what because the Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, yeah, Suicide Squad right did that too. Sure. Yeah, Rogue One and Suicide Squad uh, both did that, both around the same times too, which is uh, one is much better than the other. Absolutely. <laughs> Suicide Squad hurts. Yeah, that's hurts to there. think about at times. Um, we need to re- we need to read a story. We need to read stories. We need to appease listeners and then we could talk about more shit but we we want to read something stupid um <laughs> you really you really like stories about kids i do i well i've always everyone has their their creepy their creepy things in my i am i've always been scared of kids yeah, and dolls and... your second episode uh i already forgot what i named it I think it's totally not afraid of children. <laughs> uh, it's real. It's a real good time because you are totally afraid of children. I am, I, and I have two of them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, quick refresher here with Scotch McGee, and we're gonna read a Reddit no sleep story. And this one's called "Daddy, Are You Awake?" Okay. Are you? You awake? This is like the yes. This is the stuff this is that, the moment where you punch your child for being too close sure. to your face. Always like yes. This is that one where you're like you're literally you're just you're a step away from leveling your. Child <laughs> it's amazing that doesn't happen very much. Into a puddle of just skin on the floor. Absolutely, Daddy, are you awake? <laughs> We're a small family of four, and the two of us and two kids, four and three years old. My daughter is the older one, and for the last year, she's had nightmares off and on. Some mornings, I'll wake up with her wedged firmly in between my wife and I, which is fine. And we've all been there, and I have no problem with it. What I do have a problem with is when she walks in 20 minutes after we've turned the lights off and the house is dark, just to stand next to the bed on my side and stare at me. I get the sensation I'm not alone and wake up in the dark silhouette right next to my face. Although at times it sends me into a slight panic, or at least leaves me with slight chills, not very manly or dad, like I'll admit, I'll break the silence. Yes, sweetie. And she'll usually ask if I'm awake and tell me that she's had a bad dream, and I'll let her climb in the bed with us at the point, and that's the end of it. Well, last night the same thing happened, and I got an easy feeling I wasn't alone, and my eyelids opened up and there she was again, a dark little silhouette mere inches from my face. What is this, sweetie? I asked. And no response, just silence. Then it clicked that both my kids are staying with my in-laws for the night. <laughs> I no longer wonder why my daughter wants to sleep in our bed. I was able to reach up and flip on the light, but of course there was no one there. And however, I looked down the hallway into my daughter's room, and the silhouette is still standing in the doorway and hasn't moved for the last hour. I think it's waiting for my daughter to go. <laughs> See, I love stuff like that. You like that? Oh, that's so good. You like that? Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed that, because that's pretty much what I have, what I had planned out for you tonight. Um, no, I, there, there are, you know, I, how often would you say you deal with that? Uh, we, I would say at least once, twice a week. Sure. I, um, 
That's not as often as I actually imagined. You thought you like three or four times a week, four or five times yeah, a week. Yeah, I was, was going to say, yeah, probably with one of with one of you. Or, one of your you kids. get to a point where you're actually used to. Um, you have this unique like uh, psychic ability after you have children, where when anything is going on, you hear noises like you would you would not believe like you have some kind of superhero sure. hearing and stuff like that where you know when your children are awake. I know when my son is in a different <laughs> room and he's shifting in bed. I'll, it wakes me up, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I know when my daughter is running around our room. I know when she's playing. It's amazing that you can still actually sleep and still know that where your kids are around you're the house. Just, you're, you're dreaming of something else. You're thinking of somewhere else or else you're just having one of those black darkness dreams and you just hear the pitter-patter. Sure. There, there's two different... And as a parent, there, there's... What happens is basically you get used to having no sleep. So you go like... Four, Reddit no sleep. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll show myself out. So you'll get, you'll get like four or five days of just like no... Really like deep REM sleep. Where like you're just like... Uh, you're constantly aware of what's happening. And you get to a point where on that like fourth or fifth day where you just get so exhausted... That you just have like the deepest, darkest sleep that you've ever had. Yeah. And then what happens during that sleep is what scares you the most of everything. Because that's when usually like all hell breaks loose. And next thing you know, like <laughs> you're in a completely different environment in your head and you're sleeping and you're dreaming something or whatever not. And next thing you know, you're just snapped out of it. And it's usually by something that's like literally three inches from your body or four inches oh, from your body. That's what it's worth. That's good. It's... It's amazing that parents don't beat the crap out of their kids more often. That you don't hear stories. You've said like it this. before. Yeah, because it's just yeah, it's just it's one of those things where, especially if you love, it's so easy to do, and it's a snap reaction that you're. It's just, a snap reaction. You're a, you're a millisecond away from making, and you have you have to have the judgment as a person to not make that snap <laughs> judgment. <laughs> the way that we always talk about that, like how how do you not just like kick your kid through the wall? <laughs> like, how do you not just like look next to you and see that? Especially if, and especially if you love like horror movies and horror stories and oh, like that, because that, that's just that's the nightmare stuff. Mm-hmm. We've had that conversation before about sleep, where <laughs> sleep is the mm-hmm. no. The, I think that's the, your first episode. Yeah, or that is just the sleep and, and kids, man. And then when you have kids <laughs> and you go to sleep, what's worse than that? Like that's that's the, everything combined we've, with that. We've man. definitely collected some of your fears i think each of your episodes kind of focuses on a on fear one different fear, the other. fear you this have. is the episode where everything's combined we're in touching the... on clowns later today so clown dolls so we're gonna, children we're gonna bring it home sleep i'm gonna read a quick story called pete the moonshiner i don't know why i put you down for this but i'm gonna read it to sure. you it's from reddit no sleep and that's cowboy bebop in the background by the way i i was able to hear the thing Okay. Before yeah. when we were recording last time, yeah. and it made for really good ambience. Did it really? Yeah. Because yeah. you just heard the bump, bump, bump. I still, bump. <laughs> I still say that's the best soundtrack of all time for. Oh, Sergio, Sergio Leon, right? Doing the soundtrack for that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's best. Soundtrack. Legendary. Yeah, it's the best. Hey, soundtrack. there he is. There it is. Mr. This is the, Mr. This is the best episode. Yeah, this is a good episode of Cowboy Bebop. It's the scariest one too. My God. Yeah, he's a he's a motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, All right. Pete Moonshiner. In the fourth and fifth grade, I spent the night at my friend Tom's house almost every weekend. Tom lived in a rundown farmhouse in the country. 
He shared a room with his older brother, Walter. The three of us would stay up late telling scary stories. The scariest was a true story. Here's how Walter told it. Back in the 1920s, this house was owned by a different family. Their closest neighbor was an inbred moonshiner named Pete. Pete the Moonshiner. <laughs> he lived in a shack deep in the woods and was frequently in trouble with the law. The parents warned the little boy and girl who lived here never to go near Pete's land. The young boy lived in this very room. One night, he was awakened by the sound of shattered glass somewhere inside the house. Living so close to Pete, the boy was very cautious, and instead of opening the door, he locked it. He pressed his ear to the door and listened. The boy heard boot steps stumbling down the hallway that were much too heavy to be his father's. He could almost smell moonshine through the bedroom door. Let me in, boy. <laughs> it was Pete, but the boy wouldn't unlock the door. Overcoming his fear, he shouted, No! <laughs> <laughs> Open the door, boy. No. I'm just think no. straight sling blade. No. Yeah, that's right where my head was. That's right. Really After a minute, the boy could hear Pete's heavy boots fading back through the house. In a distant room, he heard his father shout at Pete. But the shouts soon turned to screams. For almost an hour, the sounds degenerated as the father shred his vocal cords to ribbons while screaming. The boy thought the pleading and hoarse agony was the worst thing he ever heard until it was replaced by something worse. Silence. Pete's bootsteps lumbered back through the house to the boy's room. He pounded on the solid oak door. Boy, open up this door, you'll regret it. The boy could smell the moon shining through the door. Again, he said, no! And so it was his mother's turn. Her shouts and screams lasted for two hours. When they stopped, the heavy boots stumbled back to his door. The stink of moonshine was overwhelming. Boy, I said open up this door. This is your last chance. The boy was terrified. Please don't hurt my sister. Pete was drunk and enjoying himself. He chuckled. Then open up, boy. But the boy knew better. And so, he spent the next three hours listening to the screams of his younger sister. When the police came to investigate the house two days later, they found the mom, dad, and sister tied spread eagle to their beds. Pete had a cut, a small hole in each of their lower abdomens, and pulled the bowels out of their belly inch by inch as they died in pain. This is great writing. <laughs> they found the boy dehydrated but alive. He was still locked in this very pressed against this very door. He was completely catatonic. He spent the rest of his life in a sanitarium, occasionally mumbling, Should I have opened the door? Should I have opened the door? Shopen the door. Shopen the show door. Show door. That's horrible. Show door. Pete was eventually caught and executed. It's <laughs> a good ending. His shack was torn down, but his ghost still haunts this house. Sometimes we can smell a hint of sweet moonshine in the morning and a pain in our bellies. And when we do, we know Pete was here during the night trying to pull out our insides. 
this story really creeped me out. Like, 10 out of 10. I don't think this is real. Oh, yeah. Wait, no? That's a, yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and not read. I think that's... I think that's... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just delete the rest of that. That's, that's a good ending. Yeah. I don't... I think that might have been a common or something. I, I think so. I accidentally copied. Great story. 10 out of 10. Anyway... What did you think of Pete the Moonshiner? I did not think Great Story 10 out of 10. Just to, no, I just not to, think Great Story 10 just out of 10. Just to start that, that conversation, I did not think. But great I think story as a, uh, that is one thing as a, uh, as a younger kid, like when you're little and you put like your, uh, your parents, you put them on such a pedestal of indestructible. Sure. That if that were something that you were witnessing or something firsthand where you were actually sitting there and watching. You think they could take care of them. Yeah, you I think, think like, oh, you care of oh, you. it's fine. Sure. You know, and I'm then you realize that oh, yeah. humans are just sacks of meat. Yeah, meat, meat sacks. And they could just yeah. get yeah. drained right in front yeah, of you. I think, that, I think that's scary for people, is that especially if you're a kid and you realize like your your parents are just as vulnerable oh, yeah, as you are. And they're, just as, and they're just as scared as you are. Yeah, man. Your parents are just as scared as you are of everything. <laughs> so <laughs> Coming so, from yeah. a parent, you heard it here first, oh, yeah. folks. This next story is called Kids in the Dark. Are you afraid of the dark? I am afraid of the dark. Yeah. I am afraid of the deep dark. Sure. I am. Um, I once took a bunch of, uh, I once took a bunch of acid. You, you told the story. Did I? About the going woods. into the woods? The woods. And just getting lost in the woods for like six hours? You talked about the acid hours? farmhouse and the doll and room. Farmhouse. And... Oh my god. Oh yeah, that was like the I last, said, I think that was the last episode. Episode two, I, uh, I lived up to my name as a, uh, as someone <laughs> who likes to have drinks. <laughs> So that was a good time. I'm glad I told that story, though. But, yeah. yeah, the infinite darkness. You said it was a powerful and yet terrifying thing. It's and heavy. I, and I very darkness much, is heavy. I very much believe you. I, I don't quite get it when I'm camping because you're, you know, you're. When you go, you camping feel by relative. Yourself, you rel- That's true. Yeah. I'm saying like I've gone camping with one or two other people, sure. and it's just us. Yeah. Um. Sharing a tent, you know, I do. We've had moments where it's like, oh, shit, I hear something, and it's mm-hmm. coming this way, you know. There's a moment of, like, primal fear in you. Sure. But uh, but for the most part, like, nothing too terrifying. Nothing too terrifying. No, to I think about so. As a child. No. No? No. I think darkness is pure, just like, uh, pure darkness is, I is love heavy dark. and Personally, and I love the and, dark. Yeah. I'm a fucking vampire. <laughs> It's just, uh, I think it's it's overwhelming sometimes. I don't know. Maybe it is. The story is, is from Too Spooky. Again, it's called Kids in the Dark. Growing up poor in the deep south meant sharing a lot with my little brother, Ollie. Most often we'd pass toys, clothes, and skin conditions between us. Ew. Up until he was six, we even shared a bed. Neither of us was very happy about it. It was my 10th birthday when that changed. I got one present that year and it was a bed of my own. I was jealous right away, and I could understand why. He had to keep that half-broken-down frame with the worn-out mattress. The one I'd gotten wasn't much better, but not being broken and worn-out was enough. Sleeping apart wasn't a great feeling, it was freedom. No longer would I have to suffer the sudden and inexplicable kicks to the stomach. No longer would I have to wake up with Ollie's foot pressed in my neck like he'd stepped on Dracula the night before. I'm a fucking vampire, by the way. You're a real vampire? Yeah, man. At least that's what I thought. Right away after I got the new bed, the streak started. 
At first I thought Ollie woke up in the middle of the night and screamed because he got scared. And then the sound echoed through the tiny room again. I know it wasn't a normal cry. The room was always black as pitch after sunset, and the one window we had was pressed against a long-leaf pine and even the biggest, brightest moon cast no light inside. The shriek just about drove me crazy. Every night, probably at the same exact time, these sharp yelps would knock me right out of my dreams. It wasn't my mom or daddy yelling either. I know what it sounded like, believe me. Most worrying of all was the fact that I could never tell where it was coming from. It seemed completely random. And one night it come from somewhere near the closet, and the next it should come right out of the corner of the ceiling. Any hope I'd had of having my own space got dashed every time as Ollie would silently slip in the bed with me, shaking like crazy. He clasped on me and wouldn't let me go until it was almost daybreak. And most times I'd take his hand and tell him everything was going to be okay and that it'd be over by morning, but I was never really sure. Over time, the streak started changing. At first it was only by small degrees, but eventually it took on a more primal hooting, sound of a primate calling in his fierce warning. <laughs> I had to clasp pillows to my ears just to keep from going deaf. And mom and dad never believed me or Ollie, just because of the thing. Whatever it was, refused to make a peep when they were in the room. Apparently, you couldn't even hear it through the walls, even when it was damn sure loud enough. The shriek got worse and worse until it felt like I couldn't take it anymore. And me and Ollie were doing really bad in school, and we just had no energy at all. I could sleep more dearly with my head propped up and my eyes open in the middle of class than in my own room at night. Then, thankfully, we moved out of that house and nearly a year later. I contemplated all sorts of things, even a child's clumsy concept of suicide to get away from that horrifically night noise. There was no problem at the next house, it was a nice white cookie-colored home on a dead-end street, and I welcomed the normalcy. Once more, when we moved in there, there was a bunk bed waiting for me and Ollie, and no more broken bed, no more second bed I ended up having to share anyway. The only problem was deciding who'd get the top bunk. I told Ollie I deserved it, after all I got a new bed way back, and he ruined it by climbing in every night. What? He shook his head. I never did that. I always wondered why the noise stopped the second I was sharing my bed. Now I had the answer. Pum, pum, pum. There he goes, kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something. I, um... Yeah, I don't buy it. I... There's a movie recently that I've, I've been really wanting to watch, but I've been avoiding it because I think I'm, I'm really not going to like it. And I like the concept more than I like the execution, I guess. Um, a Ghost Story. A Ghost Story? I haven't heard of that one. Casey Affleck is a writer okay. dating, I think it's Rooney Mara, who I like a lot. And he dies. Okay. Maybe 15 minutes into the movie, 10 minutes in the movie. The rest of the movie is very silent, almost mumblish, shot by shot, just kind of slow passage of time. Okay. As Casey Affleck, with a sheet over him, with the eyes cut mm-hmm. out, like an old ghost, just follows around his his wife okay. while she lives her life. Like, he just sits in the background of scenes, and maybe people, like, see him when they're kids or when they're older. At times, they'll just see, like, a fragment of him, or he'll, he'll do something to get their attention. But essentially, like, the entire movie is, like, him watching his wife grow old and, like, get married to another man and, like, have a kid. But and, she like, can't see him with that sheet on? Well, he's dead. He's a ghost. Yeah, but shouldn't she? What's the point of wearing the sheet then? It's just it's just a look. It's just what the movie is doing to give you the concept that Casey Affleck is acting like with that sheet. Think of it as a costume, okay. but instead of Patrick Swayze, it's yeah. a sheet. I like the idea of the movie. 
I like Same. It, I like it better if it wasn't in a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Patrick Swayze with some clay. Um, I, I immediately think of uh, I immediately think of Beetlejuice when I think of uh, oh, people okay. in sheets. Sure, sure. Just that comic. Uh, is there a floral pattern on the sheet? Is that what's happening on? But I, I definitely see what you're gonna. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's more like. Um, than I think it's time we start the long one because uh, we're getting up there in time, and mm-hmm. it's. And I, I really want to read this one with you because okay. we talk about Stephen King and it and Pennywise and you know clowns. Mm-hmm. You talked about Bozo on your first episode. Is that was that his name? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I've mentioned Gacy several times, and we talk about there's several episodes dedicated to it and yep. Pennywise. Like uh, we do one called what? Is it Pogo? I always say Pogo. It's probably something else. Um, no, it's Topsy Turvy. I always Pogo was Gacy's alias. Yeah. My bad. Um, is it Topsy Turvy Land or it's? Whatever the fuck you it was have a called. bunch. Of we read stories. we read a clown a clown story. It yeah. happened. Yeah. But there's another one, yeah. and this one's from Too Spooky, and this one's called He Does Birthdays. Okay. Um, when do you think the last clown ever to exist made a profit in their career? Besides... Like, what, you just mean, give me a calendar year. When do you oh think... Oh, my goodness. The last time clowns made any money? Late 90s, maybe? That's something that's probably been dead Yuck. for almost 20 years now. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, though. Yeah. I think there might have been clowns at, like, parties when I was a kid. Sure. No, you saw clowns at parties probably when you're you were younger and you're. I don't think I liked it. Late I don't think I liked it at all. Now that it has an uncanny valley on a child, but when they don't understand the world enough yet, it just looks surreal and creepy and. Or because it looks uncanny, and surreal, it therefore gives the creepy effect. Now that now that like Ringling is shut down. Yeah. There's no. There's yeah. no real center house where clowns, where they have a base of, like, where they, you know, where, where they come out. That's such a, the circus is such a thing where that's, that's where clowns come from. They come from the circus. Sure. Yeah. Everything is based on carnivals and circuses and things like that. But now that ringling is kind of shut down, I think clowns are actually going to come almost a dying breed. And that's just going to make <laughs> if them. If they aren't already. And that's just going to make them even scarier. Now you're just going to get into these, like, solo I would I would take control of that market. I would be the clown who tries to be scary. Okay. And gets hired for Halloween parties instead of That's an idea. Birthday but parties. It's still not every time that you go through any kind of just anything, hate rides or anything around Halloween, there's clowns. There's people running around. Clowns. Sure. Clowns. Yeah, no, there there are. I don't You're know. not wrong. I don't know if that's this clowns are is that is that the scariest? I think, well, Pennywise is one thing, but Pennywise is because we know how the dark side of Pennywise, but when you get those regular clowns, it's kind of like, people are just scared of, like, regular clowns. Sure. We know yeah. why, we know why Pennywise is so scary, is because we know what's underneath yeah, Pennywise. Te- teeth and, you know. Yeah, and he's ripping the arms of little boys off and stuff yeah. like that. Um, no, but I'm, I'm even thinking about. Why are six-year-olds scared of clowns? Well, that's what I'm saying. They look, you know it's a person. Sure. You know it is. You're looking at it, and you're like, "Yeah, that's a that's a guy. It's got hands. It's got feetses. It's got a stupid fucking face." 
Alright, it's a person. Sure. Alright, well then what's up with its weird hair, weird makeup, discolored skin, and wacky ass smile? Yeah. And then there are people where like you look in their eyes and you're just like, mm hmm. Clowns. You think it's like, the people you look, behind it? Absolutely. Yeah. It comes through in their work. Yeah. They they enjoy it so much. Like yeah. they they get it. They yeah. they might not admit to getting off to it, but like you wouldn't do it as a job unless you really fucking loved it. Yeah. So like at some point you get off to it to a, a little sure, to an yeah. extent, and uh, no, just no to all of that. Yeah. And and a child sees that and has a mirror moment and says, "This isn't like me." This isn't like anything I know. And I don't like it. Yeah. Stop smiling. You think this is why, like, people are in the same way that, like, uh, children are scared of Santa Claus when they have to go sit on Santa's lap? Yeah. It's in that same kind I of I don't know this person. Why am I I know a that? cartoon. Why are my parents bringing this me looks up here like to a this weird person? old man. Yeah. Same kind of concept. I mean, the weird old man makes more sense. Like, they have pappies, they have grandpas. Sure. Most people have grand grandparents. Yeah. 90% of people have grandparents. Yeah. But here's a hairy one with a crazy-ass suit. The suit could be very misleading for a small child. He kind of looks like a fucking slave master, like a pimp or well, something. Well, think about that. Think about if you're, say, you're a four- or five-year-old kid, and you go and you're... You're a four or five year old kid, and all you know is that your parents constantly protect you. They're they're basically everywhere you go. Like you can't get away from your parents. Good parents, you can't get away from them. You go to a mall sure. or something like that. You're running around, and within that second, your parents are on top of you. Don't do that. Don't go over here. Your parents are just a basically big blanket that's mm-hmm. on top of you. But you go see Santa at the mall, and next thing you know, your parents are giving you to somebody. They are essentially sure. giving you away to somebody. They're basically saying. Go to that person. I'm going to stand over here. I'm not going to protect you. You're going to go sit on that person's lap. You're basically giving you away to that person. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how long. You're, you don't know. You, you think you're like, fuck, someone just gave me the Santa. What's, what's <laughs> yeah. funny about your context and mine is I went to Disney World for the first time when I was five months old. And we went back there pretty much every year around the same time ever since. Mm-hmm. Until I was about 12 so I'm used to like go here, stand here, let just stay, just mm-hmm. do, stand there. Yeah. Maybe try and smile. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a smile is? Try and smile. Mm-hmm. Around weird things and weird people that I don't quite understand. Yeah. So I never found Santa all too terrifying, but I but I really enjoy your like your yeah. portrayal, your your understanding <laughs> of what makes yeah. it. Because it's true, and it and it wraps back into the clown thing. It's like, here's someone having to interact with something that true. doesn't, that just doesn't look normal, normal yeah. or or right, yes, or correct, yes, and that's and that's what's so fucked about clowns. So we're gonna read. He does birthdays. Okay. I'll 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 take it first. All right. This is from Too Spooky. I want to say right now that if you have a fear of clowns. Even a small, manageable one, read no further. I've told this story time and time again over the years to friends, and no matter how much I preface it with, are you sure you want to know, and seriously you're not afraid of clowns, it just never seems to prepare them. 
one young woman I was dating at the time who demanded I open up to her. Well, suffice to say, I wasn't dating her for much longer after I explained why I don't celebrate birthdays. She grew cold and distant, and right up to the last day I saw her, she was begging me to tell her I made this up. But I couldn't. Not convincingly, at least. Once I let this story out, there's no taking it back. So if you ever have a weird feeling about them, clowns, I mean, really, this is not something you want to get into. We're going to get into it. <laughs> Maybe, however, you're someone who's asked me why I don't enter my birthday on social sites, forums, and so on, where you wanted to get me something I'd like, but I wouldn't tell you anything more than my age. Well, here's why. Once and for all. When I was young, I never knew what my father did for a living. To this day, it's still unclear. All I knew was that he kept everything at home. Nasty neat down to his buzz cut, immaculately thick-rimmed glasses, and freshly ironed suit and tie. Sounds like midnight meat train, guys. The only time I get a glimpse of my dad's job was when my mom died. He had nothing else to do with me, had no plans for this scenario, so he took me to work and told me to sit quietly for the day. I entertained myself as best as I could in the crushing boredom until a tremendous din echoed through the entire building like an ambulance or a police siren but different. Dad grabbed me, and I didn't even see where he took me. Before I could even register what was going on, I was in a large tiled room with Dad and about 20 other men. We were all stripped naked, as steaming hot water that smelled like bad chemicals rained down on us, almost scalding my skin. Everyone seemed really scared. I never asked him what happened, and he never brought it up. Dad was obsessive, and was a huge geek. He was more about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings than I was as a kid, and to be honest, he'd probably still beat me if one of our old spontaneous trivia competitions broke out right now. I didn't see much of him since he worked all the time, so when I did, I was all about whatever entertainment he was interested in. It was the fastest way to connect and secure some quality time. He took this stuff very seriously. He took everything seriously. He put pens in specific order, he turned product labels facing out, always facing out, and if I so much as looked at his paperwork, he had to primp and sort it all again. That's why it came as such a shock when my sixth birthday was approaching and he started to get increasingly funny. Funny as in weird, and funny as in actually funny. For as long as I could remember, he'd come home, stand in the doorway, loosen his tie, and step in. Then he'd put his keys, his wallet, and a clip-on security badge and a wicker basket on the table by the front door. He'd walk the length of the living room, to the hallway, to his bedroom, and then, and only then, would he actually take off his tie. It was the same every time, and nothing I could do would alter this routine. I could have anything from a muddy toad to a black eye, and he just talked to me about it as he proceeded through the routine without a single hitch. So it was all the more surprising when he suddenly came home one night, burst through the door, whipped me into the air with his hands under my arms, and spun me around the room. His grin was wide, but his mouth was closed. I remember the blissful look on his face clearly, but more than I remember seeing my own expression of shock reflected in his glasses. <laughs> he hummed as he whirled me about. I think I screamed, or yelled, for him to put me down. 
but I can't be sure if I did or just thought I should. Either way, he dropped me to my unsteady feet just as quickly as he lifted me. The inertia and the surprise of it all made it hard to stay standing. What's going on? I asked, eventually. Your birthday's almost here! He danced out of the room. I just stood there staring into an empty doorway of his bedroom. And I watched him closely after that, basically for any sign he was about to approach or accost me again in this matter. He seemed a lot happier. He flipped pancakes with flair, and even if they landed on the floor, and a lot did, he'd just leave them there. I spilled an entire glass of milk on the throw rug in the living room, and somewhere I was expressly not supposed to be eating or drinking, and when he found out, he just blew a raspberry and went outside. I can't express how upsetting and wonderful this change was. He sat in a lawn chair and we tossed the ball back and forth. And I talked a lot and I remember trying to fill the void of conversation, but he just went back to humming. <laughs> over and over and it was like the Oompa Loompa song from a Willy Wonka movie. <laughs> That's creepy. But the last bit didn't match. He was putting the emphasis on the last syllable. Oh my god. <laughs> it sounds a lot different when you realize. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I wish you would have given that context clue oh, yeah. earlier. Anyway, we know now. Later, I cleaned up the milk, and as best I could without any provocation or scolding, I just knew that rotten milk stank, so I, <coughs> oh, I owned that, I need to get rid of it. My birthday got closer, and Dad said I could invite anyone I wanted, and in fact, I had to invite at least 10 people, and even then, the oddity of setting a party minimum instead of a maximum seemed backward. What kind of party is this? I asked the day before it was going to happen. You'll see, he giggled. I never heard him giggle. I never heard anyone's dad giggle. But I need to know so I can tell the other kids, I insisted. He turned to me suddenly, and for a second I thought my old dad was back, the one who got pissed if you asked too many questions. Instead, he leaned down and smiled in that same closed-lipped smile at me. You want to be surprised, he said excitedly. He didn't ask. He told me flat out that this is what I wanted. The normal thing would probably be to say, you want to be surprised, don't you? Or maybe even, come on, it's no fun if it isn't a surprise. I sort of just shrugged and walked away. I wanted to stop hearing his humming. The night before my birthday, I woke to the lights in my room suddenly flicking on. Dad? I asked, rubbing my eyes. He was sitting in a room on the end of the bed, just smiling. Dad? I drowsily repeated. What's the matter? I can't sleep, was the response. Then he pulled his arms close into my chest and thrust him upward ceiling with a sharp, high-pitched yelp. I'm too excited, he said, gritting his teeth. I had no idea what was happening. At this hour, probably early morning as opposed to late at night, I barely even remember what the next day would bring. Are you okay? Something I should have asked a lot sooner. No, he laughed. Better. God, aren't you excited about your birthday? I'm so excited. I have something so great. I can't tell you about it because it has to be a surprise. He growls in frustration and clapped his hands in his face. Why does it have to be a surprise? I want to say, he whined. Dad, I don't like this. What? How are you? You're scary. Haha, <laughs> don't be stupid. I'm not stupid, Dad. <laughs> I pulled the pillow over my ears and groaned. And as far as I know, he never left that night. I fell asleep before he did anyway. All through school that day, I was quietly terrorized by what kind of party Dad was planning. He'd been acting so erratically that I concocted all sorts of outlandish scenarios in my head. There'd be too much, a whole embarrassing, noisy carnival in my yard, or there'd be nothing. 
just dead in his underwear, chasing my friends with his nose and humming. It could have been nose or anything in between. God, my friends. And even if everything else was normal, I'd never hear the end of how weird my dad was. They already made fun of me for having only or only having a dad, calling me an orphan since none of us really knew what it meant. I was wishing it wasn't my birthday to a point where I actually tried to specifically make that my birthday wish. No more birthdays ever, including this one. But the party did roll around, and my dad stood on the front lawn, full suit and tie, holding my myriad of multicolored balloons. A cardboard sign erected in the front yard was crudely scrubbled with, Fun times! Stop here! I was incredibly embarrassed. And when all the kids had arrived 30 toll, and the parents had left to take advantage of the free babysitting, word was already starting to circulate about how strange and funny dad was. Kids were even making things up, and they didn't have to. Ricky says your dad drank toilet water. Miranda saw your dad eating a dead mouse. Sarah saw your dad pooped in his pants. I had a feeling none of this was true because of how he'd been acting. Argue as I might, I couldn't actually discount it in my head. The backyard had been set up with a table filled with cake and party favors and a single large trunk. Streamers and balloons were attached to every available surface, creating an almost claustrophobic room of vivid windswept colors. My focus, however, was on the trunk. It was long and silver. It looked like metal. Yellow stickers with what looked like black spiders dotted the surface, and a large white banner across the front of it read, XJ332, authorized access only. <laughs> this guy went like Joker or something, <laughs> you know? The lid was held on with a large combination padlock. What's in the trunk? I asked, pointing at it. Ooh! Dad covered his mouth, his eyes bugged out. Ooh, ooh, he bobbed up and down. Shh, he pushed his finger across my mouth. I slapped his hand away as hard as I could. I didn't like this attitude, and I didn't like him anymore. I stormed away into the house. I didn't want anything to do with the party from then on. Dad tried to coax me out, and even got the other kids in on it. He called me strange, and silly, and stupid, and told me that I was a giant baby because I wouldn't come out. The kids repeated everything he said and laughed at me. This didn't really change my mind. If anything, it made me matter and matter until I, I defiantly resigned myself to never talking to any of them again. I watched from my bedroom window on the second floor as Dad played all sorts of party games with the other kids. I wanted to play too, but I hated them. Hated him. More than playing, I wanted to go down and break everything they were having fun with. After an achingly long amount of forcing myself to watch, Dad finally went over to the trunk and started to fiddle with the combination lock. I heard the humming again. At least, I thought I did. At first. I cracked the window and listened. All the other kids had joined my dad in a weird tune, but they were all singing the words now. Torso, torso, torso the clown. Torso, torso, torso the clown. Torso, torso, torso the clown. Torso? What the hell did that mean? Was it like Bozo? Or Groucho? Or Amazo? Dad removed the padlock and threw it over the fence. All the children cheered as he lifted the trunk lid. I stood as high as I could on my tippy toes to see what was inside the trunk. What Dad had planned for my birthday, which now seemed to belong to everyone else. I saw something move inside, then a single white hand shot out and gripped the side of the trunk. Another hand followed. The arms seemed to be clad in ruffled pink sleeves. 
Just as suddenly as the hands had emerged, a clown thrust his head up from the trunk and snapped his head to the side to look toward the kids. Everyone laughed and hooted and cheered. The clown's face? It was disturbing to me. Bleached white with a perfectly round red nose and a tiny, tiny derby hat on its head. But the eyes. The eyes were shut tight, as if the clown's oversized, toothless grin was just too wide for him to open his eyelids. That expression remained frozen on his face. The clown lifted himself up like he was doing a push-up. The kids started chanting his name excitedly. One or two shouted commands like, Do something funny! And fall down! The clown just stayed there for a moment, clutching the trunk like a bird perched on a wire. Then, slowly, its head turned towards the house, angled up to my window, and stared at me. I say it stared, but of course his eyes remained closed. That is, until his bulbous red nose, that perfect orb attached to the center of his face, slowly began to split down the middle. The skin of his nose pulled back in either direction, revealing a single, oversized eyeball pointing right at my window. Come on, Dad called out, also looking directly at me. Come meet Torso the Clown. Don't be a little fucking shithead. The children ooed at the profanity. The clown looked back toward the children with its single eye. It then hauled itself out of the trunk, just an upper body, trailing intestine, and dislocated organs behind it. He walked on his hands, ran, really, darting into the crowd of children at an impossible speed. Kids ran screaming, pushed each other over, tripped over their own feet or untied laces. They all just panicked and started fleeing like a startled cluster of geese. At the center, where the crowd had been, the clown had positioned itself over a fallen little boy, the boy's arm, now halfway down the clown's throat. The clown didn't even have to hold the kid down, it just seemed like there was just no way to get the arm loose. Struggle as the boy might, he was just stuck. All the color drained from him, I mean he turned white, paper white. It started at his upper arm, then his shoulder, then his face just turned pale and blank. The whole time the boy's hand and forearm struggled against the inside of the clown's throat and I could see its neck distending and rippling as the limb writhed within. When the boy fell limp, the clown let him go and darted faster than before toward a little girl who was huddled at the base of a tree crying. It sucked in her leg all the way up and moving backward pulled her under the table. Her dress dragged up over her head as she just screamed and screamed. I don't know what happened after that because I got away from the window as fast as I could and hid in my closet. That's why I won't tell you when my birthday is and that's why I'll get pissed if you really find out. If you try to surprise me or if you even mail me a card, I won't open it and I'll disown you, friend or relative. Yes, really. For what it's worth, Dad tried to make it up for me decades afterward. Someone from his job came by after I'd been fished out of the closet, kicking and screaming by police officers. I was so incredibly terrified that out of sheer feral madness I bit one of the officers and even at that young age tried to take his gun. The guy from dad's job was just like him or how he used to be, neat, suit, and tie, normal. He explained that my dad loved me very much and that he was very sorry for what happened. Dad wanted to see me again and if I thought it was okay, I could leave the facility and go back home with him. I was too young to really comprehend it at the time, but the guy said it was because Dad loved me that this all happened. 
He wanted to make you happy. The guilt over your mother's passing was too much, and that's how it got to him. I asked what it was, but all I got back was a pat on the head and the change of subject. It only took a couple nights of sleeping in a sterile room that seemed more like a prison cell than I agreed to go back. At first I was scared, very hesitant to even be in the same room with my father. As years passed and nothing out of the ordinary happened again, I eventually let some of my guard down, even though things weren't really the same. Even Dad's routine had been changed forever. When he'd got home, he'd put his keys in his wallet in the wicker basket, but no security badge. Never again. What do you think? He got fired for taking some kind of... Experimental thing. Some kind of fucked up thing. Why the fuck would they have a toxic lab clown torso? (laughs) Toxic torso clown. Hey, he's funny. Someone someone with a fucked up sense of humor. The dad is scarier than the, the clown is. I don't know. I thought the clown was pretty good. David? The way it was eating kids and just hopping around like a little like a little bird. Just like bah, 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 bah. and I did I liked that its eyes were closed and it was just like I like I kept imagining uh, that just bugging out. If people remember Fred from the Kurt's Cowardly Dog episode, imagine Fred smiling but with his mouth closed. That's what I thought of for the dad. Okay. I'm Fred. Do you know that episode? Mm-hmm. Fred. Yeah. It's uh Muriel's Cousin? Cousin Fred? Yeah. It's a good episode. Good episode. Curse Cowardly Dog is like a horror show for children, but it's also horrifying. Okay. If you've never watched it. I haven't. Get on that. Get on that shit. Okay. (laughs) It was late 90s. Uh, To ruin the show for you, the entire show is a dog's perspective of the world. Okay. He thinks he lives in the middle of nowhere with his two owners on a farm. And... Only extraordinary and crazy things happen to him, okay. but really it's a dog like dealing with an everyday thing like okay. a cat okay, or a chicken, you know, but you know, the chicken's a mutant and an alien that okay. has a ray gun that's trying to kill everyone and the cat is an asshole that has a British accent and you know, it's just, it's nice. crazy, yeah. but they're genuinely horrifying episodes. Um, my friends that have been on this show love the King Ramses episode okay. because the CGI in the 90s were, was so crude and ugly yeah. that it ups the creep factor. Really? It makes it look less human. Okay. Have you ever seen that the makes sense. Have you ever seen the the Curse of Cowardly Dog Return the Slob CGI yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. That's that's King Ramses. Okay. King Ramses. He like Drowns them out with music at one point, and it's like really bad polka. What do you think of uh, as you're as you're talking about ninety stuff? What do you think of the Are You Afraid of the Dark reboot coming? So here's the thing. I have to name drop them now. Disco Dracula, and I just finished watching all of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Okay. We started a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we've we've diddled our way to the end, all seven seasons with some with some great episodes and some really not great episodes. Yeah, some there. And um, and I, and I know it's a conversation for another day, but to say the least, is I want to see what they can do with it, but I hope it's not goosebumps. Okay, that's all I really. If it is 
Because you know um, Jordan Peele is redoing mm-hmm. Twilight Zone. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Because mm-hmm. Serling was very much about race and fight, yeah, no fighting oppression and, and finding a way to mm-hmm. make all characters have good good stuff. And Get Out was fantastic. So yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to need to see more stuff, hear more stuff. Um, last I heard it was a movie. Yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. So. What series, it, what story do they base that It's going to need to, no, it needs to be original. Okay. It needs to be a new story. I would prefer it to be like Trick or Treat in the sense that it tells. Multiple stories. Seven stories over the course of 20 minutes a piece. With did, we, maybe, did we watch that together? With maybe an overarching narrative. Did what? we watch that last episode? What? Trick or Treat. We were watching that. Yeah, it was on. Yeah. It was on at one point. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is. Fantastic movie. That was around Halloween time. Around yeah. Halloween time. What did you think of the fucking stupid ass clown story we just read? At the... I, uh, I, I guess like, stupid ass is a little mean. I didn't think it was terrible. I like the... Uh, but I didn't love it. I think the dad is scarier than the clown. Sure. I think uh, you come accustomed growing up to your parents being a certain way, that they have an identity in the same way that you don't realize, and, and for that to change and start to get scary is actually scarier than the... Uh, actually scarier than the actual clown itself. The clown almost is comical. It's funny looking. It's 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 funny sounding. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, the way that the uh, the Titans look, or uh, from uh, Attack uh, on Titan. Yeah, that's kind of I, I yeah. pictured the big smile. Yeah, nice, big smile. yeah, very. I I did think Japanese. I thought it was very J horror. Yeah, that's by what, the sound yeah, of it. That's what sound like. Yeah, I think that the day coming to the room. There's some. Place. There's there has to be a property that does a J horror kind of clownish. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm thinking of. It might be Budo. I might be thinking of Budo, which is a Japanese form of expressive Japanese dance. Japanese horror is so much different than American Well, this horror. is actually... It really is. B- Budo is actually just a dance. Yeah. But what makes Budo creepy, what it's known for being creepy, is the people dress in, like, long white robes, and they powder their entire bodies so their eyes, like, pop out of their skin, and then they wear, they wear weird makeup under their eyes and mouths, and, and then they move. Like, Buto is, like, the dancing where it's, like... Everything they ever move is very accentuated, and, yeah. It's very creepy. Yeah. But, um, that's kind of what I thought. Very, like, Indo-J horror. Yeah. We gotta read some, some stupid-ass little stories... I just want us to go here. We had that conversation. Yeah, we've had we've had, had, had several conversations about like that. that. Last one, they said that everything that you experience in your dreams is something that some other instance of you in some other universe has experienced yeah. at that exact same time. That's what your dreams actually are. That's wild. <laughs> that is such a creepy thing to think about. Oh yeah, like some version of you just died and just fell off a roller coaster and died. You really liked that, didn't I really, you? I really, that's one of my favorite things ever. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to it now, because now you're talking about no, it. It's just, no, it's just one of my favorite. And I know that it's you're just into one of my it. favorite ideas of. Like we always talk about, like sleeping. This sleeping one, kids. this one's short and quick and sweet, and it's called you. Yeah. You from Toast.
You know that feeling when you're falling asleep and you suddenly get the feeling that you tripped? Oh. And your body lurches forward in an instant, ready to protect you instinctively from injury? You'll see the ground rising to meet you, and this occurs when the boundaries between you and you and the alternate universe are weakest. <sighs> this is the feeling that happens when you die. Another you When die. another you. Oh, I blew it so short. This is the feeling that happens when another you dies. Dies. I like that. That's what it feels like. We've had that. We've had that conversation. Yeah, no, we had that conversation on, I believe, your last episode. We, that is, we, uh, we get into that a is something I uh, absolutely believe. <laughs> it probably makes you me... are both. You are both afraid and mystified by the wonders of sleep. I am. <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm mystified by what we don't like. No, like, I think that's yeah. it. Uh, well, I, we don't I'm understand. Sure. Am, uh, anything that I cannot physically see, I think that's what scares me the most of anything else. Or when I cannot physically see, like the dark. But like I, uh, I hate like uh, the idea of floating in the middle of like water, like open water. <laughs> I hate like that. that that's nightmare Why? shit to me. No, that's just nightmare stuff to me. Like I am not the. I hate the idea of not knowing what's like underneath me and stuff that's, like that. That's hilarious. I, I've been in that situation see, so like, many times. Anything that you cannot see. I've been dropped dead in the middle of the fucking ocean with no boats around me and like zero oxygen left in my tank. <laughs> like, you really? Yeah, I would man. not enjoy that. Yeah, man. I, I, like on the I, surface? I, like you're just I, like yeah. hanging out on the surface? And my BCD is just full of air and I'm yeah. just sitting there. I don't like I, I've been scuba diving since I was like 12. Yeah. And I just... You know, we're waiting for our boat, and we're letting the current yeah. take us wherever. And, you know, the dive guy has a flag yeah. so the boats know not to fucking hit us. But 70, 78, 79 is Jaws. It's like Jaws primetime, something sure. like that, something like that. I'd believe you. I was born in 83, uh, so, like, regularly, like, three, four years old, parents watching, like, Jaws, because it's a bad time, so it's still, like, seven years old. So mm-hmm. they were like Jaws 2, Jaws 3. Let's watch Jaws Marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, go to the video store, West Coast Video, and get like five Jaws videos. You've talked about your love for Jaws. Yeah. So and, like, how, and how oh terrified my God. you so, Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't take a shower for like five years. I couldn't, or, and or I didn't ne- take a and bath. And you never for like trust five years. Any, any body of water? I would never trust a body of water. Like, shit. Yeah, like, it's just not my. Uh, if I can stand in it, if I can, like, physically stand in it, that's one thing. It's, like, different if it's, like, a creek or a stream or something like that. And I can physically stand and I can kind of see the bottom of it. But uh, the idea of, like, going down to the ocean and, like, I am not getting anywhere where I cannot, like, stand. That's hilarious. It's just it's just too but much. But, hey. It's just you, too much for me. You, you'd rather be alive than deal with well, that I don't shit. want some big, giant fucking shark yeah. to come yeah, meet man. me. That's why I refuse to go to Australia. Anyway, this this uh, this story is called Awake, and this is going to be the last story. Uh, this one's from Toast, which is a Tumblr, and I, I picked this one because I was awake at five thirty-five this last morning, unable to fall asleep. So this this one is relevant. I've been lying down for hours now. It's five thirty-five a.m., and there's not much I can do. You know what the worst part about my situation is? I'm in the same room with my parents. They keep looking at me, and I can't help but look back and try not to cry or scream. Their eyes are focused on me and their mouths are wide open. There's the strong scent of blood and I'm paralyzed with fear. Sounds like a regular Friday night. Here's the thing. The second that I make any hint that I'm not asleep anymore, I'm completely fucked. I will die, 
and there's nobody around to save me. I've been trying to think of a way out, but the only idea I have is to rush from my bedroom door, run outside the front door, and scream for help, hoping any neighbors hear me. It's risky, but if I stay here, I'll surely die. He's waiting for me to wake up and see his masterpiece. What the fuck is going on with this story? I like it. You're probably wondering what's going on. I do get ahead of myself sometimes. Oh boy, the author's having fun. About three hours ago, I heard screaming from the other side of the house. I got up and went to check out on the noise, and I realized that I had to use the restroom. Instead of doing the smart thing and investigating, I used the bathroom first. I could have gotten myself killed right then for my stupid actions, but I actually did my business and took a peek outside the bathroom. There was blood on the carpet. I got very worried and ran back to my room and hid under my sheets like the pussy I was. I tried to convince myself to go back to sleep, that it was just some really vivid dream or something. I heard my bedroom door open. Like the terrified child I was, I peeked from under my blankets to see what was going on. I could see something dragging my dead parents into the room. Whatever it was, it wasn't human. I can tell you that. It was hairless, with no eyes, and no clothing. It walked like a caveman, with its back slouched, and it dragged my parents. But this thing was much smarter than any caveman. It was aware of what it was doing. It propped my dad up on the edge of my bed and made him face me. Then it sat my mother down in the chair and positioned her towards me as well. After that, it started rubbing its hands on the walls, staining them with blood, and then drew a circle with a pentagram in it. To finish it off, it scribbled a message on the wall that I couldn't read in the darkness. It then positioned itself under my bed, waiting to strike. The scariest thing is now, my eyes have adjusted to the darkness. Since then, and I can read the message on the wall. I don't want to look at it, because it's terrifying to think about. But I feel the need to see before I'm killed. I peek at the creature's masterpiece. I know you're awake. So what? So for everyone listening, yeah. that was a really bad retelling of a much better story that someone else wrote. I've heard it before, and it was a lot better than that. I liked it. It's more like it's more like a kid. A kid wakes up alone. In a room at night, and realizes a shadow in the corner that starts to walk around. The shadow doesn't do anything with the parents; you don't see them or anything. But the guy just starts to like write something on the wall, and then before he knows it, he kind of like the shadow guy kind of just like mm-hmm. lowers himself. Below where the kid can see from his position on the bed because he's trying to look like he's asleep. Mm-hmm. So, like, from his position and far away, you know, the guy just probably got down on all fours and, and you know, crawled. But, you know, it's implied that he's under the bed and it, it ends the same way. You know, when my eyes adjust to the darkness, I read, I know you're, I know you're awake. So I apologize that that story was shit com- compared to the one I know. But, uh... This is this is lots of pasta. This is what the show's about. We're gonna read this shit, and that's what just what's gonna happen, folks. Cause that's cause that's the show. 
right. How, did you, yeah, how do you feel? I like. See, I like. <laughs> I felt like a fourth grader wrote that last one. I thought I mean, like they heard the original yeah. story. Someone told it once, and they were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that. Yeah. I'm gonna write it." <laughs> and someone was like, "Yeah, but someone wrote it." And then he was like, "No, but I'm no, gonna but write mine it." Mine has a scary hairless. No, but guy mine. With no eyes in it. <laughs> yeah, but no, mine has a masterpiece. So like, how would you, like the guy was like, "Well, I'm gonna." No, but mine has dead parents. Yeah. And mine, mine, oh man, mine starts. And then halfway through, it starts again. It's like, I'm going to describe a mannequin. Because that's really <laughs> what I describe. It has nothing. There's no features I need to describe. I'm just going to skip all that part. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going skip, to skip the whole page right to describe I'm features of what I'm looking at. I'm be optimistic about how shitty that was. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to stop. We're not going to read anymore. <laughs> the quality is going down by the minute, I feel. Um... I'll have to plan out a better episode for you next time. Yeah, I, I you and I, it. you and I, we have yet to conquer a a long narrative throughout a single episode, and I, see, that's something see I want to do. I uh, I like to um, I like to drink. <laughs> so what happens is, is that this what's amazing is that like for the first like two episodes that we did, like I was, oh man, like I was, I was drinking. I was having a good time. We both so, were. I know. I don't see you very often. So, like, I, uh, I'm like, oh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to drink a bunch. So, it's it's always hard for me to read stuff when I'm, like, drinking. So, this episode, oh, I, was, this episode okay. I was like, this episode, I was like, I'm not going to drink very much. And I'm going to, like, do voice. I'm going to have, like, some fun. Sure. Do some stuff. Sure. And it's a whole different quality of, like. No, I've had that experience with a lot of people. Yeah. I, I would say most of the, most people who come back three or four times tend to see you know, the two sides of that coin. Yeah. The way the show started, it was just kind of, let's read whatever bullshit mm-hmm. with sure. people. And then it slowly turns into, this story is going to be the entire length of the episode. Maybe it, maybe another episode, mm-hmm. too. You know, maybe we'll start it here and we'll come back to it later. But we're going we're gonna to lay down the foundation. And then the story turns out to be, like, a really good, story. well-written engaging yeah. experience if you haven't listened to whistlers yet yeah. you don't know what you're missing out okay. on man just the story of like you don't even know how they got there you don't know what happened yeah. but people are lost in the woods and they keep talking about something called the whistlers that are following and all it is is whistling noises that come from the woods that surround them at the in night and you know, in the day, and they see footprints, and they, they think it might be human, but, you know, you never see it. Huh. And they're lost. And, oh, man, we read so many good, longer stories now, and that's that, that's kind of a direction I want to bring everyone in. Do you I want to do, a, I wanna do, do a, a narrative. Eventually, like, what you realize is that you have to start doing these stories. I think that's what you kind of realize. Sure. Especially if you're a fan of the genre, like, and you're like, I have to What I, uh... Because when I, when I was in high school, and, you know, I don't talk about this on yeah. the podcast a lot. When I was in, in high school, my senior year, we didn't have enough money to buy anything for the drama club for that, that final year. Mm-hmm. And I was the drama club president, so here I am, and I'm just like, shit... Um, you know, what, what do we do? And I, and I learned this, my, the end of my junior year going into it. I'm like, okay, I got time. What, what do we plan for fall next year? And so I'm like, all right, well, if I have this summer to think about it, I'm going to write something. So for my senior year, I wrote like a 80 page, uh, murder mystery 
horror comedy play. And I cast all my friends in it. That sounds fun. And we made like three grand for the drama department. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I played the butler, you know, the Tim the mm-hmm. Tim Curry stereotypical British. Frowns McBoohoo on our podcast played the comedic relief who is a closeted homosexual. <laughs> Think Clue, but brought to the stage and strike it up with a horror twist. I gotcha. Um, more kills, more deaths, because it's a bigger cast. Same premise, people are brought to a house in the middle of the night due to a blackmail message. Very Agatha Christie. Okay. Lots of jokes on Agatha Christie. I have the entire script. I could probably send it to you. You'd, think it's, it. you'd think it's ridiculous. I, I, I also think about... Wanting to read that over several episodes because I think that's that's a way to let that live again. <laughs> but anyway, because um, you know what my biggest regret in life is? So. Not recording that fucking show. Yeah. So no one could see it. Yeah. Um, uh, you gotta get it but yeah, I was, I was a junior in high school. I had only written so many things prior. And I was like, well, what can we do? What's simple and what wouldn't we get yelled at for? Ah, oh, funny murder mystery where we change the we change the killer every night, and I did. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good idea, though. It was hilarious. Yeah. Um, the first night, it was the guy who always breaks the fourth wall and goes to talk to audience members in the middle of the show. He was the killer the first time around because he thought the show was boring, so like he that. he'd much rather go find his seat in the audience. Um, J- Django Phillips on this podcast played him okay. in, my, in my show. Um, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to any of his episodes, you know how good of an actor he is. Frowns was in it, and so was uh, Tom Bombadil, who's a good friend of mine. He played uh, an older, stereotypical, uh, almost Jewish gentleman. We never mention anything racist or say anything about him. But Tom Bombadil looks like he's Jewish, because that year we were doing um, Fiddler on the Roof, so he kind of looked a little Jewy. And also, how can I forget, another friend of mine who's also on the podcast, this makes the fourth person that was in that show. Um, where am I? He has a lot of fun episodes that you would like. He just did his third, his third, it was like a Shawshank Redemption piece. He played the hero. He played the protagonist, which was almost an elderly professor type. We all just run around this house, and because there's a storm, the lights keep going out, and, you know, the entire audience, we would we would shut the lights off okay. everywhere. And when the lights would come up, someone somewhere on the stage or near the audience or in the audience would be dead. That's awesome. And we'd bring attention to it. And we'd play, like, the same dramatic thing over and over again. Like, the dun-dun-dun. This is high school. I did this for my senior year. That's awesome. Yeah. That's and like uh, box. I, I I built the stage. Yeah. I casted it. I wrote it. I acted in it. That's wild. I directed it. I staged it. Everything. And then I pretty much... I held open auditions. And I actually casted it a lot differently. And then people started to drop out because of time management. Yeah. So recasting it actually got more of my friends into it. That's because cool. I was short sure. on people. And I was like, hey, do you want to be in something? You've never been in anything. I don't care. So I'm gonna give you a big. Sure. I'm gonna give you a big part, and all I'm telling you to do is act like you. Yeah. And I would get it. And we applied to like all the stereotypes. We had like a, we had like a Russian aunt who you can't understand a fucking word she's saying. 
We have, like, a French chef who only talks about cooking. Oh, man, it just... We had a little girl who's just like, I'm a little girl, like, throughout the entire show. And then people just keep fucking dying in, like, terrible ways. And, like, we're, we're like, smothering them with, like, ketchup and shit, uh, fake blood, just to make it look funnier. I died in one of the endings. Yeah, man. It was, it was wicked. It was a wicked time. Uh, the second night, it was the main girl, I believe. And she was mad because, um, she's, like, love triangle yeah. gets revealed and it's it's all like a payback scheme instead of a blackmail thing. I think it's with the maid. Like, the maid was stuck in the owner of the manor or something. I forget. It's pretty wild that you wrote such different stories. They're all four months different nights. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wanted to do something. I yeah. wanted to do something, something interesting, well, that's, and yeah. and it's very stereotypical to a point. About about halfway through, I introduce a character who just happens to be there, like on the stage. He thinks he's a part of the show, but he also thinks he should just sit back and watch it. Okay. So he continues to go into the audience and sit next to people, and like he's miked, so he, like you would hear him when he turns and talks to someone. It was very. Very funny. I like it. Um, and then the third night, I think it's me and two other people are the killers, and I get shot and die. Which I think is my like wink to Clue, because yeah. that's how that's how yeah, the, Clue ends yeah. is with the butler. The butler did it. The butler turns out to be the killer. Yeah. yeah. Tim Curry. It's awesome. Fucking horror horror play from Captain Death in no one in, high school. In high school. They do like Grease. <laughs> Well, no, we had our musical. We yeah. were doing Fiddler on the Roof that sure. year, um, of which Django played Tevye, I played Model, and Frowns played uh, Lazar Wolf. That's ridiculous. Yeah, everyone I have on the show I've known since I've, you know, been a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Booberry I've known since I was seven. Okay. So, like, everyone on the show is far and wide spectrum of friends. Friendship. The show is about friendship at the end of the day, ladies and gents. Sure. Is there anything you wanted to talk about before I before I close it out? Nope. Because I'm I'm stoned and I'm rambling, people. We're good. We're because that's uh, where that's where we're at right now. We're two hours in. Yeah. Spot. A lot's gonna be cut. (laughs) A lot. I'm gonna break that down to hour and twenty. That's a lot to cut out. No, it was I good. rambled we a, a lot. No, we, had, we, we, we also had... talked about comic books. Oh yeah, we talked about comics for like half an hour. <laughs> I'm not sorry because our opinions are educated, and more true. and more people should listen to them. Um, you don't when we, when we satirically talk about things, yeah. I feel like you and I kind of red letter media things sometimes. Yeah. Do, do you like them? Yeah. It's just a, like a a no bullshit way of just saying, well, I, I enjoyed this, but the rest of this was kind of bullshit. Yeah. You know. You and I kind of sh- share that like cynicism when it comes to movies, but yeah, can, al- but can, also, things but can also recognize yeah. what makes what makes things great, and that's why I love talking with you and sharing my opinion with you. There's things that we just don't get to talk to people that are like us, so you take advantage. I'm not saying like, oh, well, I'm very different than this person, I'm different than this person, but... I just see it on your screen right now. I watched Bad Blood for the first time. Did you? Like a couple weeks ago. I was ago. looking for something on here. And I, I fucking lost it. Like... How did I not know about that movie? Peter Jackson's like yeah. earlier age. Like I knew yeah. about Dead Alive. I yeah. saw Dead Alive a couple years ago, but I didn't know about Bad Blood, and I didn't know about um, the Ooh. fucking Muppets thing he did. Oh he yeah, did, he oh, did yeah. like a dirty Muppets oh, movie yeah. at one point. Oh, yeah. um, but he also did Bad Blood, which 
horror people out there is just as fucked as Dead Alive. Was so it? get at it. There was a... I was looking for a movie that just came out, and I wanted to ask you if you saw it. And then what I was looking for was actually looking for... Because I forgot the title of it. But what it was is... I am... I asked you if you had saw this movie one time, and it was called Behind the Mask, the uh, the story of Leslie Vernon, the rise of Leslie Vernon. You remember that movie? I think it's yeah. just called Leslie Vernon. It's one where basically it starts off as like a weird documentary of like people talking to like a serial killer, yeah. and then like midway, not even midway, but probably like with like 15 minutes left into the movie, it just transitions. It goes into, into straight horror. Yeah, into a straight I horror I don't movie. think I ever did watch it. You just oh, talked about it Oh my goodness, well, that's, that's, that's a fantastic movie. But there's a movie that just came out where... Uh, Black Coat's Daughter also kind of does that, by the way. Does it, yeah? Black Coat's Daughter, you're pretty much... It's a very slow burn. You mm-hmm. really don't know... Hey, Brain Dead. Dead Alive, the mm-hmm. original title. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you really don't know which direction the story's going to go into, and that just goes ham about mm-hmm. about an hour in. Um, you start to think demonic possession. You start to think just sadistic killer. You know, it has you guessing, but, you know, there's this tonal shift. Yeah. And then the movie just, like goes from zero to a hundred real quick well there, there's a movie that they just made that just came out that uh it's the same kind of promise where there's these three or premise where there's these three people and they they each claim to be monsters and uh no one believes them and uh i guess they're trying to debunk it so they take him out into the woods and they're doing like a little like campfire thing like directors and stuff like that in like the middle of the night and then all of a sudden these three people actually do turn into monsters. And What's that sh- called? Because I need to watch uh, Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I They're just tearing through everybody. What is that? And I'm trying to find it on here. I, I knew it Because that kind of sounded a little bit like they're always watching. Yeah. Which I don't know if you saw that. Which, it was okay. I guess, like, the people just keep warning, like, you know, like, we're monsters. Like, we're monsters. And people are like, oh, you're... You need to figure out... I know, and I'm trying to find it. So, you were were talking, and I'm like, I'm listening to your story, and at the same time, like, I'm trying to, like, I gotta find this fucking movie. I need to close out... I need to close out the show, though. So, we're gonna go watch this. Um, I guess the only other thing I really wanted to ask you about was, um... Horror-wise, where's my mind going? I think I lost it. I did want to ask you about something horror-related, but it's gone, and I'll probably remember, <laughs> I'll remember it in 15 minutes when the podcast okay. is over. So this was Captain Death and Scotch McGee. For back, back, back. We did it. Yes. Take care.